You're listening to The Courage to Change, a recovery podcast. We are a community of recovering people who have overcome the odds and found the courage to change. Each week, we share stories of recovery from substance abuse, eating disorders, grief and loss, childhood trauma, and other life-changing experiences. Come join us no matter where you are on your recovery journey. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Courage to Change Your Recovery podcast. My name is Ashley Loeb Blassingame, and I am your host. And I think, but I'm not sure because my kids have been up all night and so have yours. Mm-hmm. Scott. Is that my name? What? What are we? What it doesn't we... sound right. Scart. Is it Scart? Scart. Cool. If our children say our name 300 times, is it still the same name? <laughs> it right? has to change some kind of properties at that point. It breaks the same way that if you say a word enough times. In a row, if a tree falls in the woods. <laughs> that's a theme for us. I don't know why that's in there. Well, it's a theme because we have small children, and small children are tiny terrorists. Yes, and they're like a tree, and they're in the woods, and they fall down a lot. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, except we're the witness, and it's digging our own graves. <laughs> what? Who am I? I don't. We have I answers for you. We're experts. <laughs> We both have two sick kids at the same time, and it's it's getting there. I was able to tie my shoes, but only just. I still had a surfboard in my vehicle in the front seat. I thought about just leaving it there to drive to the office. <laughs> <laughs> Screw it. I mean, you'd be way more rad. All the people would pull you over and be like, wow. Oh my God, you're, you're so, so rad. so rad. Look at how like, yeah, rad she is. You'd think that until you saw me interact with this thing. <laughs> In which case, that opinion would change drastically. And you'd you'd be like, wow, you're a desperate mom of young children trying to live. I'd be like, correct. I am clinging to my youth. Yeah, 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 exactly. I am trying something that makes me forget my reality. Anyway, we've got ourselves a Q&A episode here from a listener. Okay. Listener... I'm going to start doing the first name. I think they're okay with that. I've been doing letters for a long time, but I think like first name seems pretty safe. Can you just give a letter and then we come up with a really funny first name? Okay, that's great. So the letter is L. Mm, So obviously this is from Lulabelle. I was thinking laparadoctomy or some shit, but... (laughs) Is that a procedure? I don't think that's a procedure. I think that's a really scary dish. I think a laparadoctomy is like... If it's like it's like getting your lap done. Like if your lap is like... Getting my lap done. Yeah, you know, your lap. (laughs) Like if there's a part of your lap you're not happy with, you just like a laparadectomy. It's a lapendectomy. Oh my God. Oh my God. You guys... So anyway, Labradoodle wrote us a question. <laughs> this isn't fair to Labradoodle. She's a good gal. Oh, we don't, we don't we don't need to do this to her. Anyway, Lula Bell from the great state of Texas. <laughs> she says, "I want my partner to go to detox. He's been using alcohol and other drugs for a while. I know he's scared to go. He won't say so, but I know he is. What can he expect?" What's it going to be like? So her partner needs to go to detox for alcohol and other drugs. We don't know what other drugs are exactly in this case, but she feels he needs to go. He's scared. What can he expect? 
Okay. So there are, you know, I'm, I, I hate to say this because I always say this, but there are so many variables, your age, how much you've been drinking, what kind of alcohol, the frequency of alcohol, the quantity of alcohol, any other comorbidities. If you could just go <laughs> type by type, amount by amount, this is going to okay. be a 16 hour long episode. So if you are drinking every day and you're drinking enough where your body is fully dependent on the alcohol, which surprisingly, a lot of people don't realize that this is the case. They're like, oh, I just don't feel well when I don't drink or I get a little sweaty or I get a little shaky. But like because they never let it get past that, they don't understand that they're ripe for a seizure or some other issue. The great thing about detox is that they try to minimize the symptoms in detox to help you get through it without it being excruciating. I learned this after trying to detox myself multiple times and started to understand after a medical detox that the experience didn't have to be like some sort of torture chamber, which it was when I tried to do it by myself. Not only was it a torture chamber, but it wasn't successful. So that's a really double whammy there. When you go to detox, particularly for alcohol, you know, again, you're going to come in, they're going to do assessment, they're going to ask you all sorts of questions, they're going to give you medication, they're going to go through your stuff, uh, your bags, they don't want you bringing anything in there, depending on where it is or what it is, they may give you an entirely different set of clothes and things to wear while you're there. I'm going to give you comfortable accommodations, bed type thing where you can uh, relax and let the chemicals come out of your system. They're going to check on you regularly, make sure you have enough fluid, etc. So they're going to try to make you as comfortable as possible while also making sure that you're safe and the rest of everyone in the detox is safe. Then they're going to likely prescribe you depending on what they see, what other comorbidities, how much you've been drinking, etc. They're likely going to prescribe you something that will help with the with withdrawal symptoms. So if you are drinking alcohol, you will be prescribed medication that will help with the alcohol withdrawal symptoms, which will stop you from having a seizure and potentially dying, which is a very big risk with alcohol withdrawal. So a lot of people don't know there are two drug detoxes that have the potential to be fatal. One is alcohol, one is benzodiazepines. While the other ones make you feel like you're going to die, they are not fatal. If you're up to it, they will give you opportunities to come to group or to come to, to you know some sort of counseling, to talk with other people, to talk with a counselor. It's an opportunity for you to safely withdraw from whatever substances you're on in a supportive environment, comfortable and supportive environment, medically supervised 24-7 that is going to start preparing you for some of the psychological components of getting off of these substances that are going to start to come up once they are fully out of your system. What was different about the experience when you... Because I could see someone like someone named Ashley who is prone to like um, do some home medicating and some um, procedures and things at home. Yeah, why, procedures. Why, what, what was so much worse about that than the um, traditional route? Everything, um, <laughs> everything except 
before there were drugs available technically. So you would just stop detoxing. It's the difference between being in a motorcycle accident with leathers or without leathers, right? It's going to hurt either way. It's going to hurt. You're going to have some bumps, bruises, question your life decisions. But if you're not wearing leathers, protective gear, let me tell you, your ass is skinned. Your face is skinned. You're going to need plastics. Like you are a fucking disaster. I remember the first time doing a medical detox and being like, I am the world's dumbest human being (laughs) because I insisted on doing this myself. I literally am looking around like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me that if I had come in here and said, I'm detoxing from heroin, I'd like to get off, sir, you would have given me drugs to help me get off instead of me just shitting my bed and sweating every area of my body that was on fire. I could have just laid in this bed with some medication and a nice nurse to bring me ice chips and watched movies. What? I did not know this. I did not have these informations. To me, medical detox, like, let me just tell you that that's the fucking easy way out. Take it. So, okay. So, yes, I like the analogy of the motorcycle accident. What if I don't want to have it at all? Right. Like, if she's saying her boo is not interested in going to detox, like it's, and he's scared, he won't admit it, but he's scared. How do you get him there? They can listen to my description. Um, They can also call the detox and ask, say, this is what I'm doing. What is it going to be like? Just ask them to describe for you what the protocol is at that detox. If you get more information, you can still make a different decision. You can still decide not to go. You know, if you're addicted to alcohol or benzos, you will end up with some sort of situation, right? Like you're going to end up having some sort of medical event, even if it's a couple day procedure. They're not going to let you have alcohol. It happens to everyone. If you let's say you go into a skilled nursing home at some point, you will have to unless you drop dead as a result, which is an option. But again, like if that's not what you're going for, dropping dead, then there's going to be some circumstance where you will not have access to alcohol. So you will detox in a circumstance not as comfortable like a jail cell an emergency room, skilled nursing home, whatever it is, like it will happen. It is uncomfortable, right? Like it is, there's no question, but you're uncomfortable already or you wouldn't be considering detox. Your life is already a shit show. No one goes into detox on a winning streak. Okay, let's say it all that all works out. It happens. She's able to talk him into this. Can you kind of describe the first month again, what that feels like afterwards? I've had a lot of different experiences. I've had first months where I was using so heavily that I really don't remember anything from the first month. It sort of just like went by. You do feel like you were kind of in a car accident, kind of bumped and bruised and creaky and achy and foggy. And you don't know where you you like. It's just very disorienting and uncomfortable. But it just frankly, you don't know one day from the next because you've just been on a tear. So there's that. I've had it where I relapsed. And so I had like a short period of time of using. So I was much more coherent when I got sober. And I mean, it's uncomfortable. You know, there's a lot of like crawling out of your skin because there's a reason that you were using and it takes your brain and your body several months to start to really repair itself in a way where it starts to feel good. You, your, your nutrition is likely off. Your vitamin D, there's a lot of supplements that you can take to help your brain get back online really quickly. One of the best outcomes is for omega-3 fatty acids for people who are coming off drugs and alcohol to take omega-3 fatty acids 
especially in the months, you know, the first couple months, huge improvement over the people who do not. And there are other enzymes that people are typically malnourished or don't have enough of when they come off of after they do these type of detoxes. My experience of being a newcomer is you're crawling out of your skin. You're like, you're feeling all the things that you didn't want to be feeling when you were using. And the, the description that I have heard that those of you who have been sober a long time, I'm sure have heard, I did not make this up, is that addiction is like driving a station wagon and you're throwing all your your life and your bullshit and your stuff and you're throwing it all in the back and it just keeps piling up and piling up and years go by and the back of that station wagon is full and then you get sober, which is the equivalent of slamming on the brakes and all your shit <laughs> comes flying back and hits you in the back of the head. There is some aspect of that. You are just really uncomfortable and that's why they say go to 90 meetings in 90 days in your first 90 days sober and stay really close to your recovery because it's uncomfortable and you're learning how to deal with not only the discomfort of your body trying to heal itself and your neural circuits not working as well, but also the things that you were trying to not feel in the first place. And then you're also now looking at the damage you may have done as a result of that running away, right? The relationships, the financial, whatever it is, you're looking at that with clearer eyes, which can be or feel very overwhelming. That's why community is really important. Talking to people who are at all different stages, who've done this before, who've had experience, who've had success, people who are in the same place as you are so that you have camaraderie and uh, guidelines and guidebook. And for me, that was what was so important about finding other sober people and finding people who had been doing this a long time and different circumstances was I I saw that people had what I wanted. I saw that people had been through what I had been through and worse and that they were experiencing joy and laughter and pleasure and a life and that they were able to overcome the things that I was staring down the barrel of just starting to deal with. I love all that. If you had one last little pitch, so they're still on the fence, you've made your case, and we just want like one little last little poke to get him over and get into this recovery, what would you say? I mean, personally, I would say more to the partner than I would the person. I would say to the partner that alcoholics and addicts don't listen to what you say. They listen to what you do. That we are people who respond to sticks and carrots. We don't respond to these lengthy do it for me, don't you love me, emotional pleas for change. We respond to, oh shit, they're moving out. Oh shit, I don't have access to the credit cards. Oh, they're going to take the kids. Oh my God, she's not talking to me or not buying. She's doing something differently. Not, please, if you only loved me, blah, 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 blah. We don't respond to that. We're able to block that out with drugs and alcohol. What we're not able to block out with drugs and alcohol quite as well is you leaving and us being alone. And we need to experience what life is going to feel like if we continue to do the same behavior. We need to experience the consequences. And that part is not something that we typically give to ourselves. It's something that the world (laughs) gives to us is beautiful gift. So I would say more to the partner, like, what are you willing to do? What are you willing 
to a lot of family members, a lot of partners are willing to do everything, but they're willing to pay for it. They're willing to like, they're willing to do everything except the actual things that the person needs because the actual things that the person needs feel really difficult and really painful. And while I appreciate the amount of love and care and compassion and all the things that family members bring to the table, what we as the addicts, alcoholics often need is the true understanding of what we're choosing. And we don't get that until we feel at least a portion of that. If you want your loved one to go to to detox and you know that they want to continue to be with you, then I would make it a requirement of staying in the relationship or staying in the same house. Maybe you stay in the relationship, but you don't live together. Some sort of true consequence to not doing the behavior and then also support on the other side. Like if you do go to detox, I will support you. I will show up. I will be by your side, that kind of thing. But these sticks and these carrots are not replaceable really with like deep heartfelt conversations. Yeah. Well, L, I hope that helped. I feel for you in your situation. I uh, hope this gave you some tools to get where you all need to get and that there's healing coming to your partner. Ashley, if they want to get a question on this show, like we just answered, how would they go about doing that? One of our listeners, they're out there. They're like, I hate the part where they call me Lulabelle, but I do have a specific question that they haven't answered yet. And I would like to understand or at least have Ashley take a stab at it. What would they do to get us such a question? They would head over to their email box. They'd hit compose. Compose. And they they would write into the to section, podcast at lionrock.life. That's podcast at L-I-O-N-R-O-C-K dot L-I-F-E. Thank you. Ashley, anything to leave them with? For all of you considering taking a chance with abstinence, giving it a try, whether that's through a medical detox or otherwise, or even just trying to cut back on a substance, I wish you the best of luck. Just remember that you can always go back to what you were doing before, but you must make a change in order to get a new life. If you want something different, you have to do something different. I hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time. This podcast is sponsored by lionrock.life. Lionrock.life is a diverse and supportive recovery community offering weekly over 70 online peer support meetings, useful recovery information, and entertaining content. Whether you're newly sober, have many years in recovery, or you're recovering from something other than drugs and alcohol, we have space for you. Visit www.lionrock.life today and enter promo code COURAGE for one month of unlimited peer support meetings free. Find the joy in recovery at lionrock.life.